Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat sermon with TBA rabbinic resident Jackie Honig. At camp this past summer, each group watched a movie on Tisha B'Av, the day that we mourn the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, and many other not-so-great things that have befallen the Jewish people. Generally, the films are picked because they end up evoking sadness, what the staff wants our campers to feel. Many years, there is a mix of Holocaust films, a tear-inducing Pixar film, and the occasional wild-card sad movie. This year, though, the oldest campers watched a movie that I love, Thor Ragnarok, For those of you who haven't seen it, you're missing out. It is a standout film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, known for its Norse gods, bright colors, and its wild sense of humor. In that moment at camp, I could not imagine the connection between this bright and funny film and Tisha B'Av. Their Roshi Da, their unit head, reminded me of a poignant scene in the movie. Asgard, their home planet, is about to be destroyed, and Thor, the Norse god of thunder and main protagonist, has a vision. Odin, his father, comes to him and says, Asgard is not a place, never was. This could be Asgard. Asgard is where our people stand. At camp this summer, the connection to Judaism became clear to me. Judaism survived the destruction of our temple in Jerusalem. Our beloved Judaism that we practice today is a product of the deeply held belief that Judaism is a people, not just a temple in Jerusalem. It became Judaism unbound from place, anchored in time and a diasporic community. During these last two years, we have experienced a similar change here at Temple Beth Am, Pressman Academy, the Ziegler School, and at so many of our sacred institutions. These places are all more than just a physical space. They are precious communities that we have carried with us in our hearts wherever we have gone. This morning, we read Parshat Pekude, very beautifully, by the way. In many years, it is read together with Parshat Vayakel, showing that they have a connection. So I'm actually going to start there, and then I'll move into Pekude. Vayakel opens with instructions from Moshe. Vayakel Moshe et kol adat b'nei Yisrael vayomar alehem. Moshe convoked the entire Israelite community, and he said to them, Ela hadvarim asher tziva Adonai la'asot otam. These are the things that God has commanded you to do. From here, Moshe could speak on any number of things. He's just experienced the revelation at Sinai. He's got literally 613 options to choose from. So where does he go first? Sheshet yamim ta'asem lacha uvayom hashvi'i yihiyelachem kodesh shabbat shabbaton ladonai. On six days, work may be done, but on the seventh day, you shall have a Shabbat, a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to God. Shabbat. 
He starts with Shabbat. In his book, The Sabbath, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel famously explains Shabbat as a palace in time, and he proffers a Judaism that is a religion of sacred time. The Sabbaths, he say, are our great cathedrals, and our Holy of Holies is a a shrine that neither the Romans nor the Germans were able to burn, a shrine that even apostasy cannot easily obliterate, the Day of Atonement. He sees the great institutions and buildings, and he says that Judaism is something more than that. We, as a people, are something more than that. Judaism unbound from place, and for Heschel, anchored in time. Speaking of time, I want to do a bit of time travel with you all. Like Matthew, when I was looking for Torah to share on this, I also looked at other things people had said in previous years. And I discovered something incredible that Rabbi Klickfeld actually hinted at. In 2020, Vayakhel and Pakudi were read together on March 21st, two days after the first stay-at-home order was issued here in Los Angeles. That week, Temple Beth Am put out no Torah. That week, no one was here in our building. That week, we knew, was different. But we had no idea then that our world was about to change forever. Just a few weeks, they told us. The following week, Rabbi Klickfeld and his daughter Noah led a Shabbat morning services together here from our sanctuary alone. Something had fundamentally shifted. Since we read this Parsha two years ago, we have learned so much about sanctifying time. We found new routines to mark Shabbat instead of just going to shul. For High Holidays in 2020, a committee put together hundreds of bags to deliver to congregants. Inside was a sticker that said Makom Kvua, a fixed space. Instead of having our regular Makom Kvua in our shul, our communal holy space, we worked to find ways to make independent holy spaces in our homes. Mine was a desk chair sat at a corner of the only table in my apartment. It may have been my fixed space, But on its own, it sure felt far from holy. I didn't come to shul in person at all during that high holiday season, but I was still part of community. And then things shifted again. That year, however, I did make it to a backyard minion on the first night of Rosh Hashanah. It was precisely counted exactly to 10, distanced, outdoors, and masked. But we were together. And then slowly, we learned more about COVID. We got vaccinated. We began to gather again. We gathered in backyards. We returned to outdoor classrooms. We were reminded that people outside of our households existed in 3D, and they even had legs. (laughs) There were more Shabbat meals to be shared, more walks in the park, more small group gatherings. Judaism remained unbound from place and anchored in time and became re-anchored in holy community, too. Thor Ragnarok is not the last we see of Thor and some of his compatriots in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A few weeks ago, I needed some good entertainment, and if I'm being honest, a good cry. And so I returned to arguably the magnum opus of the modern-day Marvel films, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Infinity War opens with Thor and the remaining Asgardians on a refugee ship. They're fleeing 
their destroyed home world to somewhere else in the universe to begin again. Years later within the movie, there's a classic getting the gang back together montage. We see some interesting looking superheroes riding in the back of a pickup truck. They're driving through the picturesque Norwegian sun countryside. People are walking down the road. There are farmers in the fields. People are unloading fishing boats. By all means, it looks like any little quaint port town. And then there's a sign, literally a sign. It says, welcome to new Asgard. The people had returned to a physical space. Two years later, here we are, back at the reading of Parshat Pakude, and many of us here, here, together in person, in this incredible sanctuary on Shabbat morning for the first time in a very long time. Our Torah reading this week opens simply and directly. Elif Kudei Hamishkan. These are the records of the tabernacle. Then, as Matthew told us, an entire chapter is spent on describing the Mishkan and the priestly garments. We get yet another record, an accounting, if you will, of something we've already heard about a few weeks ago. They cover the materials and what is made. Again, all things we've heard. And then, in case we didn't have enough details, we get a blow-by-blow recounting of the day of the establishment of the Mishkan. Item by item, poles and rods and tents and curtains and showbread and altars and incense and on and on. An incredible detailed description of a place we've already heard plenty about before. Why? Torah does not mince words. Each and every word is there for a reason and to teach us something. So why does it give us an entire chapter on details about a place that we already know? I believe it is a reminder about the holiness of physical spaces. The people of Israel could have easily not built this incredibly detailed physical space while they were still a people on the move in the desert. They could have not built anything permanent for hundreds of years until the Beit HaMikdash was built in Jerusalem by King Solomon. But instead, they were commanded, and they listened, and they ground themsel- grounded themselves in a physical space. The command to build this place came a few weeks ago in Parshat Truma. Va'asuli mikdash v'shachanti betocham. God commands Moses, saying, Build me a sanctuary, and I will dwell among you. God, the great, powerful entity that can shape the entire universe to define will, asks people to make a physical space as a dwelling place. There is clearly something holy in physical spaces, then and now. We sit in tension. We are a people who have always found meaning in sanctified time. Shabbat is special. Heschel's palace in time. We know that God will meet us wherever we go, when we lie down and rise up, when we are home and on our way. We know this in our core. And our ancient Torah provides us the wise reminder that there is something special and holy about physical spaces then 
and now. The Israelites gathered in community. They filled the Mishkan with gold and silver. They dedicated it. Painfully shortly before COVID, we did the same. People brought their gifts. This incredible sanctuary was built. We dedicate it with our prayers and with our hopes. We even tucked them into our ark. And when we build our sanctuaries, then, now, and always, God, creator of the world, great, powerful, on high God, comes and dwells here with all of us. The Asgardians saw their homeworld destroyed, and they floated through space. And what did they do next? They settled, and they built something new. They knew that what they needed was people and place and hope. Hope wraps it all together. And that is what we have. People, place, and hope. Through the last two years, we have never lost sight of one thing. We are Temple Beth Am. Even those of you visiting, and even if it's your first time, we're happy to count you too. Our community extends past this sanctuary, past La Cienega Boulevard, and now even past our city. We are people in parks, in backyards, in living rooms, in Zoom boxes, wherever we go. We are all of these things and a place. We are a building on La Cienega Boulevard in Los Angeles. We are a gym. We are a rooftop. We are a big field and a little field. We are a sanctuary. We are an ark full of Sifre Torah and light and prayers and hope. We're here. And we know that this is not over yet. So we still have to have hope for ourselves and for our community. My hope is that things will continue to get better. We will continue to return to beautiful, holy spaces like the sanctuary together. And in these spaces, we will experience the divine dwelling with all of us. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.